Today I thought to bring your attention to the temptation of Jesus because sometimes we don't go to um, uh, to these words and to um, understand what really they mean, what they mean to us, and how we can benefit from them. And today I want to begin by saying, how do we respond to temptations? Because uh, we all face temptations. We all face temptations. And But what are the most likely areas where we could be tempted? And so in the temptation of Jesus Christ, we see what the enemy was like trying to do here. And we know from the scriptures that God does not tempt us with, with evil things. But he does test us. And that is the context of the sermon today. Jesus, we are told here, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Was led by God. And some people may think, why God would allow us to be led to be tempted? While God was doing something different in that. But the the devil interferes. Jesus was led into the wilderness because the the great men of God who are called for tasks, they are to be tested by God and to be approved. Really, we have seen this. Uh, not only did John the Baptist being in the wilderness and, and, and yet succeeded. Seeing Moses also being in the wilderness also. And even he failed many times. But the most striking example is Israel, the people of God. God led them out into the wilderness, and yet they failed there. Well, Jesus here, we will see he will succeed. So what happens? Because he was fasting, Jesus was led into the wilderness and was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. His physical need was the bait of Satan to tempt our Lord. Because of course he was hungry. He was hungry. And, 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 and tempter is one of the names of Satan. And now this is what he came to do. He said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. So this is what he says. If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Well, he's attacking Jesus in his sonship. Well, the devil knows that Jesus is Son of God. He knows that. Even he's using the definite article, the Son of God. He's not saying just a Son of God. He's saying, the Son of God. He knows that Jesus is divine. He's the second person of the Trinity. God in human flesh. And now he's just like trying to say this. To attack him in this area. Just to force him into action. So that Jesus may say, oh yeah, I'm the Son of God. He wants to use... He wants Jesus to use his sonship independently of his father. That is what he's trying to do. And you may say, okay, how is this going to help me? Well, you are a son of God. You are a child of God. You are a daughter of God. Also, the enemy will tame you into this if you are truly a child of God. 
The Bible says we have treasures in the jar of clay, isn't it? We have the Holy Spirit. We are a unique people of God. They elect, saved by grace, set apart for noble purposes. And how much more our Lord Jesus Christ, who was sent to come and save the whole world, the Savior of the world. And it's only the Son of God that can save us. And the enemy knows that if he tricked Jesus and failed in this, and then the world will be in disaster. He was trying to cause Jesus to fail. But Jesus Christ, he came into this world to defeat Satan and to purchase for us a salvation that no one can take from us. And he can never fail. God never fails. I was having this argument with friends. It's not a bad argument, but they were saying the Shia and the Sunni, the Muslim people. And they were saying the Shia were claiming that the message that was sent to Muhammad shouldn't be, uh, what was a mistake, was supposed to be sent to, to Ali, the, their favorite uh, um, successor. And, and then they say, oh, now they are making God a liar. And so the argument I used to was, I said to the both groups, the Sunni and the, especially the Sunni, because they are holding this against these people. I said, well, God, we all know God can never lie. But if that happened, actually, that God made that mistake and the message went to, to, to Muhammad, actually, in the first place, there is no message. And they were all run away from me. They said, oh, that I destroyed that argument. I said, there is no message, Aslan. And in the first place, nothing. And so the enemy is like trying to do these tricks with our Lord Jesus Christ. The true mediator, the one who has all the credentials to be our Savior, and His uniqueness and his power and his glory and his obedience to God should be a catalyst and should be our security to know that our salvation is secure and, and is true and is perfect. Regardless of things might happen, like the temptations that may come our way, we are a people who know that our Lord Jesus Christ, all that he has done for us is complete. And we are to use all the means of grace that even himself is relying on to give us an example. To use also and to succeed. And Rishi, Rishi uh, has helped us uh, to demonstrate this. And I will be explaining this more and more. He wants to force Jesus into action. When Jesus is living in obedience to his own father. And Jesus, this man is trying, this devil, yeah. <laughs> this man, we call him a man. This Satan is thinking that he got even that privilege to command Jesus to do things at his commands when Jesus Christ is the only one at whose command the world will fall into places into right places each person into his right place at his command to hell at his command to heaven at his command and his will. Well, we know that Jesus speaks here in the word of God frequently about time. My time has not come. You see, so why the enemy would want Jesus to, to do something when it was not the time for him to do, to do that? Like to, to, to command the stone to become bread. And Jesus knew that that was not the, the, the time. So he was, 
uh, that was not the time. And he, sp- he spoke to his brothers. And when they asked him to go and show himself, he said, my time has not yet come. But your time is always ready. Satan does sing all times at this whenever he wants. And let us see the, the response of Jesus. What Jesus said here, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out from the mouth of God. Well, if you have never understood this response in the past, like myself, today is our opportunity to get it right. Okay? Well, the only place where we can get this right, we need to go back to the Old Testament. We need to read it in the context why Jesus went back to respond to Satan. We need to go to the source. Can we all turn, if you can, to Deuteronomy chapter 8? To be able to understand this verse once and for all, this response of our Lord Jesus Christ to help us These commands given to people of Israel through Moses says this. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on earth to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart. Well, if I go back a little bit, Jesus was led there into the wilderness for this truth to be established, not just afresh in him, but for him To be presented to us as someone whose heart is for the work of God. The will of God. To finish the work. And that was what all the Old Testament leaders or prophets were going to prove. They were going really to be tested in their hearts. Whether they are for the task. Because we will see later on when Jesus returns, he will commence his ministry. So whether or not you would keep his commands. So the test is for us whether we will keep God's commands. And Jesus had to lead us in this. To show us the examples. Now he humbled you. Causing you to hunger. And then feeding you with manna. With manna. Causing you to hunger. Fasting and getting hungry. Which neither you nor your fathers had known. To teach you the man, that man does not live on bread alone. That man, to teach you that man does not lead, does not live by bread alone. That is what Jesus says to Satan. He said to him, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
Now he's saying, Jesus is saying, he's not saying that we shall not live, we shall not eat. He's saying, not by bread alone. But by every command of God. Because it's God who feeds us. It's God who gives us all that we need for our bodies. It's not certain. Man does not live on bread alone. Even here on bread alone. If it's bread alone that you need. And then you are in trouble. But as a child of God, your greatest need is not only the food, but is the leading of your God in His Word. Not bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that what can establish you to be a righteous person, to bring glory to God, and to live in obedience to God. Some people say, like, do we eat to live or we live to eat? And it's a very confusing thing, isn't it? But we do have all these groups. There are those who are eating to live, and there are those who are living to eat. And that is what the enemy is like trying to do. It's like trying to cause Jesus to live to eat. You see, and not eating to live. The food is to sustain us. To follow God, isn't it? To give us energy to do His will. Because Jesus was coming to do the will of God. But it's not by bread alone. Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out. And your feet, they are not as well during these 40 years. God cares. He will provide these things. But the enemy was like trying to capitalize on the hunger of Jesus Christ and to cause him into action and to see the food as more important than obedience to God, to his Father. This is not a challenge today. How many decisions we made just Wrong decision that really brings, takes us away from God. Just simply because there are pressing needs. You see, when we know that the moment we step out of the Lord, of these boundaries, we run the risk of disobeying our God. That is why everything we need to see God in everything. Even that is why we think of the jobs we need to do. Even our dealings are these things are going to just immediately to be a great profit to us. Uh, even like, you know, the, the food that can be really uh, <laughs> nourishing, but if they are uh, offered to demons, even if you are dying, you cannot eat these things, isn't it? But you, are, you might be very hungry, but you cannot because they have been offered to demons. Or in the name of other gods. Maybe these things are not relevant to you. Because you are not living in a very primitive culture. Where there are the, 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 the idol worship is so clear. Even today. Mundeng, huh? the newer people. You know this. Mundeng is being worshipped today. And the sacrifices that are offered to him. Are not sacrifices of praise and grace. And praise and thanksgiving to Jesus Christ. And to God. We know these things. 
People consult, consulting witch doctors, slaughtering animals to their ancestors. These things, if you are hungry, you can, you want to say, oh yeah, you can eat these things. But the only things we are called to eat are the things that we are led by the Lord to eat just because we have the word from the Lord and they were not offered to demons. Maybe like fox. Muslim, they don't eat uh, 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 pork. Isn't it pork? They don't eat it. But we eat it because Jesus said not anything that we eat will defile us. Isn't it? So, but this is different from the things that are offered to, to demons and to Satan. This is not a distraction from what Jesus is doing here, but actually is giving us the, fact, the lesson, the fact that our physical needs can be a trick to us at times. The life of ease, the comfort. You see, the life of ease, the thing that we, we sometimes maybe... We just don't need just food, because some people not just food. A food that is cooked even in a certain way. A food that has all the elements that we need for our bodies, so that maybe we live healthy and we don't have problems, uh, or we, we don't get sick. Uh, when God said he will protect us. So the life of ease and comfort can be an area where the enemy would want to trigger us. And Jesus here succeeding because we know there is a purpose in this test. But we need to go through the, the body of the teaching that Jesus is doing and giving to us here. But definitely the application is here for us. But let us go through all these words and just like study them and learn them and know what they really stand for. A man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, at the command of God, at what he says that he will provide for us, uh, at what he says that he, he, he will cause everything to work for our blessings and, and at, at, at the right time. And we know here God was doing something for his son Jesus Christ. Then the enemy didn't stop there. He went on to say, To ask Jesus to tempt him again. When Jesus answered him. And then he, he moved on. Then the devil took him to the holy city. And had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God. He said throw yourself down. For it is written. He will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands. So that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Well now if we dwell on why Jesus here is in the holy city. The holy city and the highest part of the, of the temple. Jesus going to the higher place. Why the, the word of God is, is, is describing this in details. The holy city. And, and if you are the son of God, it's saying like if this is a holy city and you are truly a son of God, you see, it doesn't matter. Even if you are in this place and if anything is going to happen, anything wrong, you see, God has commanded that he will protect 
you. Because that is why he is quoting Psalm 91. But he is quoting it wrongly, isn't it? He left the most important parts out. Can you go back to Psalm 91 and see what he left out? He left out verse 9 and 10. He said, verse 9 says, If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. If you made the most high your dwelling, if you stay obedient to your father, Jesus was staying obedient to his father. And the enemy now is just quoting the, what follows. If we stayed in obedience to our father, to God, and then the harm will not happen to us. You see? But the enemy is just misquoting the word of God. And tricking. He's trying to trick Jesus. But Jesus knew the most important part is not the protection. The most important part is the, is the obedience to his father. And this is what we should be thinking more about. Not our security and physical security and protection. This will follow if we decide to honor our God. Because the call for God's people is to love the Lord God with all of their hearts, all of their minds and strength. And then everything else will follow. The psalmist starts with, if those who dwell under the shadow of the Almighty shall abide. And the enemy is trying to do this. Need to, we need to know. We are sitting here today to see the plans of Satan, isn't it? We see them at work. Tricking us to focus on ourselves. And not on God. Even out, because really fasting and getting hungry and being tired and weak is a great need. Isn't it? You can die. Some, even some people, some Christians fast to death. I heard a Sudanese lady fast to death in Egypt. That was not fasting to please God, isn't it? Because Jesus came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mighty. Yeah, here the enemy is doing these things. If you are the son of God, he knows that Jesus is, is so loved by his own father. And he will not leave him, nor forsake him. Even his bone will never be broken. Even a single bone. He will not leave him into decay in the, in the tomb for many days. You see, he will raise him. From the dead. And now the enemy is like trying to trick Jesus. He's like, you go to uh, his holy, holy city. The center of worship. The cultic system of Israel. The holy city where unholy things do not come close. We know that that was not the truth. The things were the hearts of people, isn't it? It's not the city. But it was meant to be a city of God. That is why the city that God's people are looking for or to... It's the heaven itself, isn't it? And so if you are thinking like everything here should be like rosy and nice and beautiful, we are wrong. It's a wilderness, isn't it? But we can succeed in this wilderness as well. Because Jesus triumphed in the wilderness. Through obedience to his Father and by placing himself in the right place. And you know that. He didn't grasp equality with God. It's like... Uh, he didn't consider equality with God something to hold to. We know that Philippians 2, isn't it? But he emptied himself. And then he was given name that is above all other names. Well, now we are called Christian. And this name is so precious, isn't it? Follower of Christ. He said, these signs and wonders shall follow those who believe in me, isn't it? Do you believe in that text? <laughs> 
Do you believe that? You can pray for someone. And actually God can hear your prayers. And bless these people. You are chosen people. The treasures are living in you. But here we see our Lord is teaching us the most important things for us. is to delight in the Lord. To delight in Him. You know the verse that says rejoice in the Lord always? Well, rejoicing didn't come before repentance. And I know maybe we don't like the word repentance, isn't it? But if some of you were here like more than 15 years ago, I started a sermon by saying, if you are asked today, and I think Michael Jensen knows this very well, if you are asked, if you are asked to choose between two words, to be, which one to be your favorite? Repent or rejoice. Some people's mind, I think, went all the way to rejoice. No, 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 no. The best word is repent. So if you have repented, you will rejoice. You will rejoice because your sins will be all removed, forgiven, be brought into the bosoms of God. And then you can rejoice. Rejoicing is for those who are obeying, those who are obedient to the will of our God and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is teaching us here in this temptation that God does not tempt us with evil, but the enemy interferes. But if we, God uses this thing to test our dedication, and by testing us, it's not saying that we are powerful in ourselves. You see, Jesus was relying in all that was available for God the Father and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the power and the glory of God that is available, the character of God. God who is able, and, you, and, and the devil knows that Jesus is able. God commands and things happen. Even he's saying that you, only all that you need is to command. Tell the stones. He knows that. That Jesus has the capacity and the power to tell all to tell. And we have seen this in Jesus' interaction with, with the people. The centurion, just say a word and my servant will be healed. Go and throw your net. And the first fish you find there, you will find copper coins there too. At his command, things happen. So our God is able to raise us even from the dead. If you are the son of God, he knows that the son of God has all the authorities. That is what Jesus says. He uses this authority, but not apart from his father. All authority is given to me by my Father. I have the right to lay my life and to take it. I am the one to give you order, Satan. And he will command him to flee. Did he stay longer? At the command of Jesus. And that is why we as Christians also, you see us like casting demons. We can cast our demons in the name of Jesus. You see? (laughs) We can really command Satan... And resist him. That is what the Bible says. Resist it and he will flee from you. We are not reinventing wheels. We are just following the Lord and his word and his commands. And that is all that you need to do. To humble yourself. Because the purpose of the men of God being led into wilderness is not to crush them. Even to build them up more. To be tested and, and refined. 
as a final product that can face the world and Satan. That is what really men of God did in the past. And God says, I, I just say, I live you in the wilderness to test your heart. Because God got everything to give us. He should not be worried. Even the physical needs you have. Sicknesses and wanting and need and all these things. Just bring them. They mean nothing before God. And God can command at any time to reverse things. So he misquoted this. And the devil knows that God is faithful and he will do all that he says. <laughs> he will protect us. He will send his angel concerning us. And they will lift us up in their hands. So that we will not strike our food. So that we will not suffer loss. God never fails. He is the mighty God, the great I am. Not one can test him whether he will deliver or not. He always delivers. And the invitation for you today is to put your full trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust him with all of your needs. Physical needs. I don't want to stretch the text to think about other needs. Let us just dwell on the food, isn't it? <laughs> the physical needs. Oh, you're saying, oh, well, look, I'm not in Africa. When people are really hungry. Well, even in Australia also, we can do wrong things. So that we can have breakfast, lunch, dinner uh, at best places. And we, cannot, we can also calculate it. And when we uh, put in our tax uh, returns, uh, you think of these amounts that will take you to dine in one of the high greatest places. You can also fail. To honor God with your money. For thinking that you may suffer and hunger. You see. Well Jesus didn't care so much about these things. Even he, he does not think about where his next meal is coming from isn't it. God cares. And God is the same. Things have not changed. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I challenge you today. That we need to trust God in these areas. And even we need to fast. You say, well, look, I have a medical condition that will not allow me. If, see, fast. Your lives are in the hand of God. And fast and see. Maybe your medical condition, God will deal with it. As you obey Him. As you seek Him. He will touch you. So do not put the Lord your God to the test. We cannot put him to the test whether he fails or not. Isn't it? That is what Jesus says. Because he never fails. It's him who needs to test us. For we fail. Even with that, the intention for him is not for us to fail. Because if we think of his love. And all that he has done for us. And we believe in his promises. He will turn that test into victory. Into something that the world can never resist and face. Even our testimonies of his rescue. Speak to the world of a God we worship. 
We can, he said, do not, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test, whether he will do this or not. Jesus knows that the Lord will, will help him. And how much he help him? All the way, and you need to remember now, for three years, Jesus will face challenges. People were wanting to kill him physically, isn't it? And they didn't. Why? Because God is delivering. God is working. Now, let me move to the third one. So, security and protection. That is the issue. So, we think of like we protect ourselves and we run into troubles. As we want to protect ourselves and we want to be secure. Well, the third one is the glory. Glory and, and fame, power. I think Lydia found a, a devotion that uh, put them in that order. That I use different order. Life of ease, power, and fame. Now, what did he say here? He says to him, he says to Jesus, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Who wouldn't want to be the, the first? Who wouldn't want to be the king of the whole universe? You know the car that are driven in, isn't it? And the army, the protection, the beauty, and glamour, majesty, the highest authority on earth, See the Queen of England, the kings of in Europe, and the kings in other part of the world. The wealth of their countries are at their disposal, isn't it? And so the devil here, in his foolishness, is like trying to drag Jesus to worship him, isn't it? Just because he has promised that he will give him kingdom and splendor, even he himself he does not earn, isn't it? The enemy has nothing to give us, friends. The only thing he can do is to destroy us and to rob us of the blessings of God and to discourage us and to render us hopeless and faithless less and defeated and misery. <laughs> but Jesus Christ said he comes to give us life and in abundance. A life that defies Satan and his schemes. A life that rises above all these things because God cares for all these things. There is no more glamour and splendor than to be a child of God. Knowing that your God is doing all things for you. You are the son of the most high God, isn't it? You are in the house of the king of the whole universe. You are royalty, isn't it? You are maybe in the royal family. <laughs> we are all in the royal family. But by world standard, maybe we are not, isn't it? But think of yourself like this, because if you have this right, your self-esteem will be in the right place. Not low, not high, <laughs> isn't it? But they call it low self-esteem, isn't it? you will have the right self-esteem. Because Jesus had this one. He knew that he was a child of God, and yet to live in obedience. 
Because all things belong to him. All kingdoms are his. The king of the whole universe, the king of kings, isn't it? Why he, the devil would want to trick Jesus like that, like he would want to trick us, that we will be only important in our societies if we look in a certain way or have certain titles. All this I will give you. These are the tricks of Satan. If you consult this witch doctor, you will have all these things. And people are consulting overseas, in South Sudan and other places. Witch doctors, so that they can hold this position. They can be a minister to, to steal a lot of money. Just like that. So what do people do here in Australia? To get into place of, of influence and power and fame. They bribe, isn't it? They bribe, say they... You see this in the government sectors, isn't it? Some people are just, they make some private deals, contracts and things like that for, for kicks back, back, isn't it? They do these things. You think corruption is only in Africa, it's everywhere. Because it's a matter of heart and disobedient to God. Even a small thing is a corruption. You see, like they say in South Sudan, because corruption was just like big, young people, because comrade is the word that they use, comradeship. Young people would go to, um, to um, bakeries and line up for bread. And then there would come a young person like trying to just like <laughs> uh, go in the front. And I say, oh, comrade, that is corruption. <laughs> they call out. They say, comrade, a young comrade. Comrade, it's a corruption. You come back here. So Jesus is saying it's a corruption. Here, it's a corruption. To desire things not in the ways of the Lord. And then what did Jesus say? And when Jesus had that dominion and power, it's by the will of his Father, isn't it? That is why he's saying, I, I have all these things and not on my own accord. And then the, the Lord says to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It is written, Worship the Lord your God. He is the one who is worthy to have all the dominion and power and authority. That is what we say in the doxology, isn't it? In Jude, we talked about last week. All authority belongs to our God. And we are invited to share in his kingdom as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Well, here, if I want to reflect as a way of finishing up, we have heard a lot of people saying, even like we, we just saw it, that if you have enough memorization of the scriptures and then you can speak to Satan you see and can flee from you well you can memorize the scriptures it's not, I'm not saying bad Jesus said it's not by bread alone it's not by memorization of the scriptures alone but it's a matter of heart and obedience to the Lord and to remember what he has taught us and who you are in him and then the scriptures here is to help you to be like that. What is the what is the what is the purpose of the scripture? 
we are told here. What is the purpose of the scripture? In 2 Timothy 3.16, all the scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So maybe the work of the scriptures is to train us in righteousness. And as you read the word and you meditate on the word, it changes you to be the person who will be able to know the schemes of Satan and to be able to stand and say, this is what I have been taught. You will know it, even if you cannot remember a particular verse to face that situation. It's still so that some may not use it as an excuse that, oh, I, I, don't, I don't remember the scriptures. Well, you have been taught by the Lord. Even rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I always say rejoice. Even that verse itself can help you, isn't it, to defeat Satan. Because you know you are not rejoicing just in vain. You have repented of your sins. And you have been trained by the word of God. Trained in righteousness. And you have been corrected. All these things. So Jesus says to the enemy that you cannot trick me. You cannot trick me away. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. And so the angel brought him food. The angel came and they sang and they celebrated the victory that Jesus won. There in the wilderness for us. And the invitation is for us today to take, to follow the Lord. For temptations reveal what kind of people we are. As it reveals the Lord Jesus to us, and how we are called upon to follow in his footsteps. So that we can prosper in all that we do as he was and will always be. Succeeding in making us his royal diadems. He, is, he did not just only saved us. He is with us, perfecting us and helping us on the way. And Jesus returned, verse 12, and it's not part of the sermon. But see the outcome. Jesus, when Jesus Finish with the enemy. And the devil left him. He returns with power. Isn't it? He returned with power. He returned with power. To commence his ministry. He returned with power to start his own ministry. Public ministry. Luke brought it out to us in verse 14, chapter 4. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him is spread through the whole countryside. And he started his ministry saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Is he who does not only seek to meet our physical needs through wrong means, 
that can succeed in all that God has called us to do is when we will not put the law to test. When we honor God, the Lord God with all of our hearts and will not just go at the command of the enemy. And when we would not doubt our Lord in his protection, we will be able to live. We will not doubt that whether he will protect us or even he will save us. He, he is faithful. And we should not seek fame. Fame and power and position of influence as God's people because we will be influential if we are obedient to the Lord. And the influence we will have will be a good influence on people. It will be a mighty influence, gentle and gracious, loving and kind. Will be something will speak of God, God's character. When God comes, he changes us. That was what Jesus did when he got into the boat. You see, the results were different with Peter, isn't it? And the results will be different with you and I. But if we dwell on our own needs, and then we will run the risk of receiving all that he has planned for us. So the rejoicing is not the first things, the repentance and obedience to the Lord. Have we understood that the temptations here were meant not, God does not tempt us, but he tests us. But be aware of Satan. He will come and use even our tests, our sufferings and our struggles to turn them into something that will cause us into actions that will displease God and will bring us, take us out of God's will. That is why we need to pray consistently. Lord, keep me in your will. That was what Jesus did. He remained in the will of his Father. And the world was never the same. And the world was different. As the world, the history was divided. Not only at his birth. Also at his resurrection. And all that will follow. And we know that at the name of Jesus Christ, all knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Are you in the wilderness? Are you in the wilderness? Well, the calling today for you in your wilderness is to succeed, is to overcome, is to say it is written that I shall only rely on the things of this world, the physical needs, but rely on the heavenly manner, on what God provides, especially that pertains to righteousness. Are you in the wilderness? Are you tempted to compete at your workplace? To compete with a colleague? Are you tempted to use different means to get into a position of influence and authority? Are your physical needs are really a big trouble to take you outside of the Lord? Well, today the temptations were not meant to be temptation. were meant to be a test to prove us and to help us. So every trouble, every problem we face is an opportunity for us 
to be stubborn to follow God, the catalyst even to rise above, to shine more, to love more, to sacrifice more, to pray more, to read the word more, to love more, and to repent more as well. And to go out of ourselves as Jesus himself went out of himself to give us an example to follow in his footsteps. Can we spend like one second and just let the Holy Spirit search you. What are the areas of your troubles? Are there physical needs? Not enough money in the bank. You don't know where where the next meal is coming from. Or should I sacrifice if the food is not your problem? Maybe doing more than you should so that you can live differently to others might be your problem. Or you see yourself actually worthless because you are not like other people who are in position of authority and influence and power. Is that your problem? Well, the Lord Jesus today saying these things are not your problems. For your God delivers. And if you turn today to Jesus Christ fully in obedience and seek him in every need you have, you will find him faithful. If joy is lacking, maybe it's because you are holding into things that you know they are legitimate and you give them the whole priority.